We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to another episode of the RotorWire Fantasy Football Dynasty Podcast. I'm Alan Tislowski of RotorWire.com and RotorWire YouTube. On this episode, we talk dynasty strategy with the owner of DynastyOwner.com, Tim Peffer, and last year's Dynasty Owner Champion, Jeff Ratchlin. This conversation was about dynasty strategy, the best way to build a roster, and also educates us all on the Dynasty Owner platform, which has been a sponsor of the RotoWire podcast, but is also a growing popular way to play dynasty fantasy football that entails real NFL salary. I'm confident you will enjoy this conversation about the number one strategy and best way to build a long-lasting dynasty fantasy football team. Hey, I noticed that uh, shiny ring right there. I mean, you know, that's every dynasty uh, owner's uh, f- like dream right there to have the championship belt is like five years ago. We w- we want the real deal, right? I mean, show that ring off for a second. Let me see that again. There you go. Nice. Uh, you know, no- nothing better to me than talking about dynasty fantasy football. And, I, you know, I always ask all my guests this. I'll start with, with, with Jeff, man. How many... Uh, dynasty leagues are you in and, and just want you to know you're among friends here so there's no shame no matter what the number how big or small uh right now currently the only dynasty leagues i'm doing are all through dynasty owners so right now i'm actually up to 13 and that number might grow to 15 by the end of the summer i can't make any promises <laughs> uh, don't like i said it's hi my name is alan and i'm a i'm a drafting and, and salary cap addict too don't worry about it my friend don't worry about it. uh tim how about you man how many dynasty leagues are you in right now I'm in eight. I'm in eight. So I've pumped the brakes and not done as much as Jeff, but yeah, I'm in eight leagues. Okay. Here it goes, guys. I'm sorry to say this. Uh, I'm in 29 right now. <laughs> so, and Ooh. the next, the next step is for me to take my game to the next level and get into the dynasty owner format, which we're going to talk about here. Uh, but I just think it's important. Like uh, starting with Jeff, man, what is, what do you think is when you're starting from scratch, forget the format itself, what do you think in a uh, just let's call it? Do you play a super flex or mostly single quarterback? Uh, well, it's actually unique because it's it's single quarterback, but your mm-hmm. bench also accounts for twenty five percent of your weekly scoring. So uh, you have to make a decision there too. Okay, all right, and of course it has to do with the salary cap and what you can hold and the real NFL salaries. But let's just talk in in terms of one quarterback leagues again, just general mainly, for everyone. Mainly one quarterback, yeah. Right. I so did, I did just dip my toes in the super flex uh, last weekend at the fantasy expo. 
So that'll be my first super flex experience, but all right. Mainly, no, it's mainly single quarterback. Yeah. It, it definitely adds an interesting wrinkle, especially in redraft, but what do you think the best way just from a structure standpoint is the way to build a long sustained dynasty team that can compete every year? Honestly, it, I really just try to acknowledge the scoring system. Um, just, you know, from a dynasty owner standpoint, the scoring system benefits quarterbacks a lot. Six points per passing touchdown. There's bonuses for yards. There's bonuses, um, you know, so you got to understand the scoring system. And if you want to compete every year, you want to try to build your roster conducive to what that scoring system entails. So if there's bonuses for distance of touchdowns, let's say for wide receivers, Tyree Kill might have a little bit more value than, uh, right. you know, Cooper Cup, who you know, Cooper Cup's an animal, but he's never going to go deep. He, in fact, I don't even think he had any passes over 50 yards last year. So, um, you know, just understanding your scoring system like that and trying to remain competitive and really trying to field your team based around uh, what the scoring system entails, I think is a really good start. Tim, do you think structurally that the, the, the best long lasting teams are wide receiver heavy teams, or do you think that they're more, let me get those young, robust running backs? I, the trick, I think, is finding the balance between the two. Um, we don't have the magic crystal ball to say, hey, who's going to be the wide receivers that are going to be productive for a long, long time. But there's many of them, you know, and typically they're going to uh, be productive longer than our running backs. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you hit on the right running back, um, then I think that's where you want to focus on. I think it's easier to find wide receivers and dynasty owner. It's really, I think easy to find some uh, productive wide receivers, but they're expensive, you know, um, like Jeff, you're in a lot of leagues on our platform and you can find guys like Brandon cooks out there in our free agent auction. It's just different, you know, um, where I think in a traditional dynasty league, like he's going to be hundred percent owned all the time, you know, it's the salary that makes the difference. But yeah, I, I would say running back, but uh, but if it ends up being a player that's transient, you know that it's like okay, I wish I would have gone raw receiver. You know, you know, you've triggered a lot of people in the audience already. So uh, you know, let send all send all uh, wide receiver truthers, send all the hate mail right to Tim uh, at, Bring uh, at Dynasty Owner. And if you haven't guessed it yet, I'm here with Tim from Dynasty Owner, and of course Jeff, who won the uh, the big contest last year. And this yep. podcast is sponsored by Dynasty Owner, as it has been all year. We've been talking about it all year, and. We're going to bring you through some dynasty basic strategy stuff, some player takes, and then tell Absolutely. you why that everyone out there listening to this podcast and live stream should consider. And I know I'm going to go over to dynasty over and take that game to the next level. Uh, Jeff, what do you, what was it about dynasty owner specifically in the format that made you go from just playing in traditional leagues, whether it was a snake or, you know, auction salary cap, whatever, and, you know, people on this pod have heard me make the read. You want to take that game to the next level. What was that spark for you that made you want to take it to the next level? So I transitioned from a normal redraft seasonal league to the, I actually am a commissioner of my home league, but I transitioned that to a keeper league. And the natural transition from a keeper league, in my opinion, is to dynasty, just kind of upping your level each time. And uh, shout out to my brother for hardwiring the computer today and all the technology, but he actually pointed me in the direction of Dynasty Owner. Yeah. Uh, he discovered it and uh, said it would probably be right up my alley. Going back to the early Madden days when Madden was mm. actually a very good game, 
Um, I really kind of took the reins as far as the management standpoint. I always liked the player salaries and, you know, not really being able to hold on to players all you want and try to make moves. I trade like a, like a demon. Um, so like dynasty was right up my alley. And once I dip my toes in it, I, it was just, it was a natural fit for me. And so now I'm a complete addict. You, you know what someone once told me about your, your game uh, is that, you know, if, if a dynasty is vanilla ice cream, you guys are like dipped in sprinkles with chocolate fudge and banana, on like whatever toppings you like, it yeah, really adds it. that like just special flavor. And you can't go back to vanilla ice cream. Once you do this, it's a dangerous thing. So <laughs> Tim, how long have you, uh, have you had the company for? What was the, um, bring me into like when you were in the garage thinking about this or on the toilet thinking, and it just came to you in the shower. How did the idea happen? How long has it been going on for? Oh man. So the idea was really birthed about a decade ago um, and was finally implemented in 2019. And the reason why the idea was birthed was we saw that fantasy sports, um, see, before it was mainstream, I've been playing since 2000. I think Jeff's been playing 2004. Alan, you've been playing a long time. And so it just really became who could get to the waiver wire the fastest. And as mm. things became mainstream um, with podcasts, TV shows, you know, it used to be just magazines back in the day. That's all we had. Right. And so it got, I think, easier, especially in redraft leagues. It, you, you'd like your, uh, your sister-in-law, if you were in a family league could win the league. And you're like, I would say my grandmother could, my grandma could yeah. just look at ADP and have a good draft and then just understand who yep. to pick up next so, week on the waiver wire. So we saw what dynasty leagues were trying to do, which was really reward the skill, reward the skilled player. And we said, Hmm, there's something there. Um, and we just felt like traditional uh, startup drafts, you know, redraft leagues um, weren't actually mimicking the real general manager experience. And we said, you know, dynasty leagues are doing better, but it doesn't consider the business side of sports. And that is a huge aspect of it is the business side. And so we said, okay, how do we marry that? And, uh, and Paul, who uh, is majority owner of our business, he's the one that really had the wheels turning with these ideas. And so we implemented in 2019 with a beta season. And now the past few years um, we've launched the public and uh, it's been a blast. It's, it's been an absolute blast, but yeah, you, I would say March on our platform is uh, even more fun than a tradition, than a draft for those people who love drafting. And you can always do, we have annual rookie drafts, so you get that, but then you also get, free NFL free agency where it's boring in a lot of leagues, even dynasty leagues. It's not on our platform. I mean, you were faced with decisions. I was, we have our cap at 145 million this year. I was up to 197 million because of guys like DJ Moore um, getting a cap increase. Mike Williams was getting an increase. Um, I had some unexpected, well, I had Lamar Jackson getting his fifth year option exercise. So there was a whole bunch of things that happened to my team. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm 40 million under the cap. And I got a month. We give people a month to get under the cap. And I ended up trading my way out of it. I only lost, well, I had, say, I had Dalton Schultz that uh, went up from his like minimal million dollar salary to his franchise of 10 million, his franchise tag of 10 million. So 
I had to trade out of it, and I think my team's better because of it. I ended up getting Justin Herbert and trading Matthew Stafford because he was going to be like forty some million next year. So you get faced with a big with big decisions that uh, that GMs are faced with, and if you are like Jeff was saying, if you're a trade addict uh, and you love trading. Um, dynasty owner is the place to come play. So if yeah. you love dynasty and you love trading and you want to be faced with hard decisions, um, but I don't want to say too hard though, Jeff. I think even the 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 casual dynasty player can play our game and play on our platform and have success. But um, it's definitely um, geared for the people who who are skilled, you know, who are really skilled in fantasy. Does um, talk about the settings a little bit, Jeff. What are some of the favorite settings in Dynasty Owner that you like? Um, what are uh, you know, like, is it just is get everyone familiar with it? Is it PPR? Is it is there any sort of tight end uh, boost or anything like that, or any bonuses? What are some of the things that stick out to you, or some of the most important details? So there's no tight end premium. It is full PPR. Which, by the way, I like the Titan Premium's gotten. It's you know, it's too hipster for. I like it sometimes, but now it's just gone out of control because it really does skew when you're talking about contracts too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it is full PPR. Um, the the coolest thing that I like is the bench scoring. So you have to set your starting lineup every week, just like any other league. But you also have to set a bench lineup, and your bench lineup accounts for Tim. Correct me if I'm wrong. Twenty percent or twenty five percent. Twenty five percent. Twenty five percent of your yeah. weekly score. So. It's and it's almost can I cut you in. It's yeah. almost like picking who's going to dress this week is mm. what it is. And then you have your practice squad too. So you have your full roster of thirty, but then you're deciding like who's going to dress this week. And you know, go ahead, Jeff. So, but it basically makes more players on your team matter, and that's what I really like. You know, you have a roster of up to thirty players. If you count the IR spots, you have a roster of up to thirty-three players, and so if you just have eight or nine of those players matter on a weekly basis, you know, it's a lot harder to make decisions that way. Adding the bench scoring adds a new element to it because for example, a player like let's say last year, Mike Williams from the chargers, there are some weeks that he would put up eight points, but there are some weeks he put up 38 points. Yeah. He's a volatile player. Correct. Volatile players are a little bit better in my opinion for your bench because if you don't, if they have one of those rock bottom floor weeks, it doesn't affect your score too much. But if they have one of those game-breaking ceiling weeks, it can propel you to those extra four, five, six points to put you so, over the top. Can I just want to ask you a question? And you bring up sure. an interesting strategy point. So, again, I'm just going to use Jarvis Landry as the as the prototypical consistent player in his peak, right? I mean, well, now, who knows with Jarvis Landry. But Jarvis Landry in his peak is a better start, whereas the – the Deshaun Jackson type, or it, where he's a boomer bust every week, is a better bench because – the bench scoring is a smaller portion and it's almost like a best ball. You'll get that those points if he booms, if he spikes, but you don't have to rely on his every week scoring, but also there's a little downside there too, isn't there? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, So, you know, just using your Jarvis Landry example, I would relate that to just Keenan Allen. I had a Justin Herbert stack last year with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Keenan Allen's fluctuates between that 15 and 20 mark every week, pretty much. Whereas Mike Williams, you can have range of outcomes going from five to 40. And so you don't want to yeah, risk true. that volatility in your starting lineup. So you can put that volatility on your bench and benefit, you know, from the spike weeks, but not have it kill you during the down weeks. Whereas someone like Jarvis Landry or Keenan Allen will get you that consistent 15 to 20 in your starting lineup. And you can kind of rely on them a little bit more throughout the season in your starting lineup versus your bench. 
Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. I, as you can already see, that it's this is for dynasty players that they don't have to be like more sophisticated. They just have to be more engaged. And I think dynasty players are engaged. Like the average player, the casual player right now, that's just starting out is going from redraft to dynasty more quickly than they had. I mean, the the dynasty boom is unbelievable. It's And what's funny is the dynasty game has been around for so long yet. Now it's gaining in popularity. Do you find that same thing right now, Tim? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I've played in the dynasty league for 12 years now and uh outside of dynasty owner um and then we took those things of like what's really hard um a rookie draft um that uh that isn't uh through email or something of that nature and so (laughs) we said hey we want to make sure that people can have it on their app on their mobile phone and have a really great rookie draft where you have 24-hour clock and be able to make leave the draft room, make trades, make cuts. So there's, you, you can really shape your team and, and um, you know, it's really something we're proud about, but yeah, it's a lot of people gravitating to the, the dynasty. We've even had people, our 2020 champion, Victor, it was his first time ever playing dynasty. He had played many different redraft leagues and stuff. And so, and, and that was something we talked about. We started a champions podcast where Jeff, uh, our 2021 champion, Victor, our 2020 champion, and Eddie Driscoll, our 2019 champion, get together each week and and really uh, just talk about Dynasty and uh, Dynasty owner and uh, and help you in all your leagues, whether it's a Dynasty league on another platform or Dynasty owner. And we've seen a lot of people gravitate to it. But yeah, even Victor, our 2020 champion, first time. And it's because people want to be active, like you said, Alan. And the thing is, it's like, I've played in a dynasty league for a long time and it would go a little dark from, I would say mid January through maybe till rookie draft, right. You know, the NFL rookie draft in, in April. Well on dynasty owner um, it doesn't go dark. It goes, people are start shaping their rosters, um, getting ready and anticipating those free agent changes and the, the new contracts that kick in in March. And then once those kick in, you have a whole month, like you are super busy from mid-March through April. And then before you know it, the rookie draft, NFL rookie drafts here, and now you're getting ready for the rookie draft. And then we know that summertime is when people typically would get out of the woodwork anyways and get really excited and for football. So we keep you engaged all year. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And I'm already seeing a lot of questions come up in the chat. And I just want to, before we even get to those, because they, there's some of them really good chat questions here. I just want to let everybody know, we read this every week, but this is, I'm going to explain to you what we're talking about here. We're talking about Dynasty Owner. And if you love fantasy sports and you're ready for a new challenge this year, Dynasty Owner is the new way to play fantasy football with real NFL salaries, adding strategy of running an actual franchise. Dynasty Owner provides a unique and challenging experience that will test your skills as an owner and a gentleman manager you have complete control over your team's future you can build through the draft make trades sign free agents manage your salary cap and you can also create a dynasty of champions sign up now at dynastyowner.com and i want everyone to use promo code roto5 that's r-o-t-o-5 and they're going to give you five bucks off a team uh how much is what's the cost of entry how does someone get in what's the uh, initial cost yeah, and I actually have a better promo code uh, okay. just for oh, today. Everything I said, forget that. Okay, no, here we no, go. Don't no. forget it. You did a great job, Alan. So um, we have uh, we have love of the game leagues. 
um, first of all, that uh, have no cash prize pools and that anybody can play. Anywhere. Love of the game. Got it. Um, and That's a good wanted, way to get your feet wet a little bit, huh? It, it's a great way to get your feet wet. Um, it's $39 to play. I'm going to give you a promo code August that is going to give you some bonuses as well as $10 off. So um, use the promo code August. You'll get 10 bucks off. Um, and it'll be $29. And that way you can play internationally. Cause one thing we found out and there's people that want to play dynasty owner. I mean, just be in a dynasty league in Australia or in Europe. This we is not new, by the way, Israel. you would think this is new. Like this is news to some people, except for the people that listen to this podcast, they're in leagues. And the reason that eight hour clocks have become so popular is because you're playing with someone in Germany or like you said, yeah. Israel or whatever. Well, it is insane. The, the explosion and the popularity of the NFL. Yeah, and that's what we found. And it's much harder in Germany to find 11 other friends to come play. And so in dynasty owner, because of the chase for the ring contest that Jeff is our 2021 champion, you try to win your league but then also be the best on the platform. And uh, if you're the highest scoring champion, you get the, uh, you get the whole experience. Jeff can talk about that later, but um, because of that, we have, we fit people from around the world. You can bring your friends, of course. And if you do bring your friends, you get $10 off. Um, you can, I mean, sorry, you get $10 back. So if you, you can use that promo code, August, sign up, share your affiliate link, your friend can use that promo code and get $10 off, but because they used your link, you get $10 cash as well. Um, and then there's cash prize pools as well. I know I took a long time to answer that question. But no, yeah, that's... We, have we have cash prize pools as well uh, with a $50 entry. All the money goes into Team Stake. Team Stake pays it out at the end of the year. So uh, cash prizes, um, both $600 cash prize pool and $1,200 cash prize pool as well. Or you can play for love of the game. Yeah, no, I love that, and I'm sure people are going to go over there and check that out. Uh, so, Jeff, so how do you determine a player's value? We had a question about that as far as, like, especially it, the, the question specifically stated, like, um, how do you compare their lifetime value to versus redraft, especially when they're in a contract year? Do you have to anticipate that this player is going to get paid? I mean, uh, I'm just trying to think about right now, um, Lamar Jackson, right? I mean, his value is about to change dramatically in this format, isn't it? Mm. So it's a little bit intricate when, when you're comparing just regular dynasty to dynasty owner. So for dynasty owners specifically, let's use your Lamar Jackson example. Yeah. Age is on his side. You know, you definitely want to take age into consideration in pretty much any dynasty league, including dynasty owner. Um, his fifth year option just kicked in. So his salary went from, I believe, uh, a little, little less than $2 million to $23 million. So that jump, if he gets re-signed to an extension, now you're looking at probably close to $50 million per year for Lamar Jackson. However, I actually deem that as a positive, And I'll tell you why. Because dynasty owner's salary cap matches the NFL salary cap. So as the NFL salary cap goes up, dynasty owner's salary, uh, salary cap goes up. It's 70% of the real NFL cap. So mm -hmm. as the NFL salary cap rises, so does dynasty owners. And now these quarterbacks or running backs or receivers uh, on their long-term deals are locked in. They're locked in. So as your salary cap keep, keeps rising, you don't have to worry about your player value or their salary rising with it. It stays the same. So, for instance, Patrick Mahomes, he signed a 10-year extension, $45 million per year. You're, you know you're going to have him at $45 million for the next 
eight, nine, 10 years. Right. Which and is good. Never, which is good. Change. So yeah. your salary cap keeps rising, but that quarterback is locked in. Yeah. Mid twenties, you know, age is on his side, but to answer the question more specifically to just dynasty in general, I think age is the number one thing you look for. Yeah. Um, also situation, you know, is this player attached to a quarterback like Mitchell Trubisky or is this player attached to a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen? Yeah. So for instance, Gabriel Davis in dynasty might have a little bit more value than someone like Chase Claypool or Deontay Johnson. It's just because of the quarterback that they're tied to for the longevity of their immediate future. I agree with that. that. Yeah. Tim, what do you think the uh, biggest mistake that even experienced dynasty players still make in 2022? Man, that's a good one. And, um, and, I'll, and I, while you're thinking it through, I could tell you what what I think it is, and then I'll just you can go with it from there. Is that I think overvaluing youth and undervaluing proven veterans, like a Mike Evans type. So I agree with that. I was going to say in a long time dynasty league I had uh, that I've been in, non dynasty owner, we play on ESPN. Um, they, I, I think having a guy like Drew Brees, I had Drew Brees for you know, eight, nine years and have, we give in that tip, that league six points per touchdown. Um, the consistency that he was able to bring and health net, you know, staying healthy versus always trying to get the next rookie quarterback um, really did well. Obviously if he would have had Tom Brady, you know, pick up on your point would, would have been really well. The others is I think trying to uh, chase a sleeper tight end versus having a, really proven tight end as well. You know, uh, it's an advantage, um, even in a league that's not tight end premium. Yeah. It, it matters to have a guy like Travis Kelsey or Gronk when he was in his healthy days, um, or non-retirement days, I should say to, uh, that was a huge advantage to is get Gronk coming back by targets. the way, or dynasty or dynasty owner players dropping Gronk or are they holding on to him for dear life still? I dropped him because we let you go, we let he's 8 million a year right, in a 145 million cap. And I dropped him and I said, you know, I'm going to clear up some cap and get some guys. I, I want to get some rookies actually that weren't drafted in my rookie draft uh, as depth. And I was pulling Jeff a little bit on who those guys should be. He's got all the secrets. And so, yeah, I, I ended up cutting Gronk. Uh, some people are keeping him and some people believe he's coming back. We just were at the fantasy expo last weekend. And that was one of our discussion points is, uh chris who's our marketing director he's like oh yeah i think he's coming back he just doesn't want to do training camp but i'm not so sure i think maybe he's gonna go do something fun and he's pretty satisfied i don't know we'll see yeah i um you know i I think it's better to if you're gonna cut him just cut him now if you're if you believe he's gonna come back then you hold on but there's still value in that roster spot not just your eight million bucks on your cap but that means you're not going to be able to pick up that next you know isaiah pacheco or whoever you know i mean i know he got drafted in a lot of drafts but whoever that waiver wire guy is now you know the 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 backup running back that just emerged on pittsburgh right i mean he probably wasn't drafted and if you have gronk sitting there clogging your bench you can't pick up a guy like that. Um, let me switch back over, Jeff. I got. Oh, did you want to jump in there with the biggest mistake, Jeff? Yeah. Or do you want um, to add on? So to I, it? I just wanted to kind of uh, add on to that. I really feel like this is a loophole that you can take advantage of in dynasty leagues. There are a lot of owners out there that value draft picks for the upcoming rookie draft in their weight in gold. And so, if you have a cachet of um, or, or a cache of like a lot of draft picks 
you can dangle them in the months of February and March. It, th that's when I'd seen, I, I've seen that they're the most valuable to other players. Right. You don't have to make the pick for the pick to be valuable. valuable. It's currency. I use them yeah. like currency, yeah. Jeff. Yeah. Right. And to go buy players. Yes. And 23 so, firsts are like Bitcoin at its peak. Right. right now. So now th this comes with a grain of salt because 2023 first round picks are, you know, this draft should be really special. That's what everyone's expecting. But we 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 allow people to uh, trade picks up to two years in advance. So, for instance, 2025 first round picks, if you can dangle that pick for a proven commodity, I will do that all day long. Right. And, you know, who knows? I don't know who's coming out in 2025. With NIL and, you know, people can just go to college, go not to college. And, you know, you don't know what's going on two, three years down the road. So if you can dangle something, an unproven commodity, this this imaginary pick for something that is tangible and going to help you win a championship this year, I will do that all day, all day long. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's a really great point, especially, like I said, there's so much hype on 23. And no matter how good the class is, it cannot deliver on what the perception is right now of those picks. And yeah. at this time, the Joe Burrow year, we everyone was tanking for Tua. And then Joe Burrow has, you know, the year that he had and he emerges. And it happens every year. There's always going to be. And Herbert was just overlooked. Right. Herbert was like on the back burner of both those teams. So. Do we think this draft class in 2023 is going to be better than the draft class in 2021? Go ahead. You can answer that, Jeff. I mean, it's really tough. Um, there should be a good, solid three to four quarterback prospects. You have Will Levis of Kentucky. You have uh, Bryce Young of Alabama. And CJ uh, Stroud. For and CJ Stroud for Ohio yeah. State. So, you know, I know this is uh, just me being – against Ohio State bias here, but when's the last time an Ohio State quarterback did anything notable in the NFL? How dare um, you be disrespectful to Justin Fields like this? I really don't <laughs> like it. I wanted the Jet I wanted the Jets to take him. That's why I'm I'm upset, you know? But go ahead. Well, I, I, yeah, I digress. It's, it's just intangible versus tangible. You know, if you're trying to you know, and I would re relate this to rosters that are rebuilding or competing. If you're trying to compete, I would be looking to move those draft picks to players in my or owners in my league that I know overvalue them, um, that will give me their weight in gold, basically, for this imaginary player that may or may not be available. And you don't even know what pick it's going to be. Right. Is it going to be a pick in the one through four range where you have the ability to draft one of those, you know, difference-making quarterbacks? Or is it going to be in the 10 through 12 range where, you know, you might get left with a short end of the stick for as far as the uh, the projected draft class comes in? So. Yeah, that's a great question. And I'll put this back over to Tim now and ask you this, is that, I think that Jeff hit on such an important point is that you're really, even though you're in a, a league of 12, I believe that you're only really competing with eight people every year because by week four, you know, three teams are already like, Hey, I'm rebuilding. Who wants to buy yeah, my team? Absolutely. Right. Yep. And as we know that that's, probably a non-optimal you know everyone's like oh if you're not if you're not at the top you should be at the bottom i don't believe that i believe that you can d i call it dfs your way into the playoffs and then who knows what happens right so that's right do you, do you see that in dynasty owner two that the edge is really just the grind yeah i think so and i think some people uh focus too much on rebuilding and because it's I fun by the way because well, it's, fun. it's fun but i think you have a a year window and that's it. And if you're building beyond one year, you're going to miss that window. So I think it's like, if you were rebuilding, you got to tear it down quickly and build it right back up, you know, to try to win next year. And, you know, I don't think, uh, I think some teams um, are, 
I'll see a mistake people make is like constant rebuilding and they never become a playoff contender. Um, and yeah, so have- I think if you're in there, I think you should take advantage of those guys that are always wanting to rebuild those three, four people that you said, like within the first four weeks, um, make them your best friends. And they usually end up being uh, in that same spot every year. Make them your best friends. They leak value. They leak leak value. And get the pieces you need to get in the playoffs. And once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. I mean, it really really can. Uh, It's not always the team um, that ends up being the highest scoring team and, you know, the the leader with the best regular season record that wins the championship every year. Yep. All right, we're going to pause right here for a second. But when we come back from this quick break – I want to talk about a poll that we often reference here, which underlines what you guys were just talking about. We'll be back in in just a minute. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. And we're back. Thanks to the uh, podcast audience for sticking with us. Uh, I'm here with Tim from Dynasty Owner and last year's Dynasty Owner champion, Jeff, who uh, won the whole prize. Look at him. So prideful. Show that ring off to the audience one more time, man. Look at that. Ah, I'm a little jealous. So does Dyn- Dynasty Owner gives you that ring, right? You don't have to. Uh, that's part yes. of the. Okay. All right. He's, yep. Yeah. Um, and you wear that's that everywhere me. you go. You don't take it off even in the shower, I'm assuming. Uh, well, it was actually kind of funny. We were at the expo last week and I was debating whether to leave it in the hotel room to go get breakfast. And no, nope, no, nope, this is, yeah, no. dude, that's a real flex because if you win yeah. in dynasty owner, I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's like, 
World Series of Poker level of victory right there. Yeah, Absolutely. and that's not the kind of ring, Alan, that you would get off of. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of amazing sites out there right. that sell trophies and rings and things mm-hmm. of that nature, but it's not a couple hundred dollar ring. That ring's about ten thousand dollars. Oh wow! So, yeah, so you can uh, <laughs> you can split you can you can split someone's head with that thing is what you're saying. Right? Yeah. I got you. Um, all right. So there was a I was going to reference a poll that we talk about on this uh, that was on Twitter maybe like a year and a half ago, and it it shocked me and didn't shock me at the same time. They asked Dynasty players, "What's the your favorite part about Dynasty?" And only thirty eight percent of people said winning. I mean, it was crazy. The other part was like trading. Really? The other part was like trading, uh, collecting rookie picks. I mean, winning was the number one answer, 38%. But like it, that, I think, explains the mentality of dynasty players. Yes, we all think we want to win. But the other, based with the poll question, someone said, I like trading. I like uh, collecting rookie picks. I like, you know, rebuilding. So I think that really underscores where the edge is in fantasy football this year. We all go in with our shiny new, you know, sexy rosters that we like. But I think, you know, we talked a little bit for the break about leaking value. You can use those picks, like Jeff said, not to make rookie picks, which presumably, you know, there's not always going to be a Jamar Chase, which shows himself in week one. It's sometimes those guys take time to develop. So who are some of the rookies this year, Jeff, that you think can be instant impact in what, you know, People started off as saying it's a down year, but I like some of these guys. Yeah, so I'm not going to name the obvious players like Brees Hall. I'm going to give you a couple guys that have paths to success. And number one is Romeo Dubes, Romeo Dubs, however you like to call We call him Dobbs, Dubes, Dubs on this thing because nobody knows. <laughs> and we, we heard it's Dobbs, but nobody knows. I like Dubes because you can get that little like, ooh, like, <laughs> yeah. ooh, like Dubes, ooh. right. So now his competition, you know, he's playing with an MVP Hall of Fame level quarterback. So like, I talked about before, who are these players attached to? So Romeo Dubes is attached to Aaron Rodgers. Now he has a clear path to targets also. Look who he has to beat out. Alan Lazard, who's been a journeyman pretty much his entire career. Second fiddle to Devontae Adams. You have Sammy Watkins, who I think we can all agree has been pretty massively disappointing since his- Under over is like four games of health. right? Right, exactly. And you have Randall Cobb, who's 33, 34 years old. So if this guy can come along and kind of, you know, supersede them during preseason training camp, earn Aaron Rodgers trust, which we all know is a big thing. You know, I think he has a path to week seven, week eight, week nine range to really kind of vault himself into an every week wide receiver two, wide receiver three. Um, Are you you totally out on Christian Watson, the wide receiver that they drafted way earlier than him? Well, so Christian Watson is interesting because yes, they, they have the invested draft capital on him, but at the same time, he missed a lot of training camp with an injury. He's just coming along in training camp. I would say he's probably their wide receiver six or seven in Aaron Rodgers' pecking order right now. And then as far as players that are coming from that North Dakota State school, you have Trey Lance who had to sit a year. You have Carson Wentz who went through his growing pains his rookie year. And now you have um, Christian I Watson. Carson. I forgot Carson Wentz, but that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. yeah and now you have Christian Watson who is, you know, that's a mainly predominantly running football school. They even made a point about how Trey Lance only had 100, 150 pass attempts his entire college career. So Christian Watson, you know, running routes, you know, inside routes, deep routes, in routes, things like that. It's going to take time for him to develop. I see him being more impactful year two. And I see Romeo Dubes being more impactful year one. 
All right. I'll, I'll, that's a, I like that call a lot. And, you know, he's getting some helium in rookie drafts, in traditional snake drafts. He was like a fourth round, you know, dart throw. And now he's squarely in the second round, at the end of the second round. Uh, you know, I saw, you know, a, a, a draft of one where he went at the end of the first. I think that's a little aggressive given the, who you can get there. You know, you don't want to pass on first round wide receiver draft pedigree for that. Uh, I'll throw the same question over to Tim. Is there somebody that you think can, is, in a, is a very important rookie? Now, yeah, you know what? Uh, and uh, Jeff brings up a good point. We all know Brees Hall is it's going to be good or at least get an opportunity to be good. So who's someone maybe that goes in that, um, you know, after the top five or six guys that you think could have real rookie impact year one. And then for a long time to come in dynasty owner. Yeah. So one guy that was going at the end of our first round um, and right about the bonus pick, actually. So we have a bonus pick on the platform. We want to make sure that, People who don't make the playoffs have yeah. Explain how that works. We have a tournament, so we have a tournament, um, losers bracket tournament. uh, Toilet ball. The bottom six um, will compete for a bonus pick, and it's the thirteenth pick into the first round. So um, he was going about anywhere between eleven and thirteen, pretty consistently. Might have slipped into the second round, but I think if we were redrafting a rookie draft today. He'd probably be in the top five. We'll see if Jeff agrees, but I think it's George Pickens. I think for for Pittsburgh, I think um, when we were doing our drafts in late May um, into early June, he was going really, really late as a rookie. So if you play in a dynasty league and you got him uh, towards the end of your first rounds or second round, uh, kudos to you. I think he's going to be pretty productive this year from the way it looks like in Pittsburgh in training camp so far. Yeah, he he's squarely. I mean, I, I would still take Chris Olave over him for his high floor, but I, I think George Pickens has put on a show this preseason and yeah. show that. And, you know, I always say, like, I've um, if dynasty analysts and rankers are redoing their rankings, what you need to just do is tell yourself a story where George Pickens was the 20th overall pick. And if you can get into that mindset that he wasn't a second round pick because he was a first round talent by all, you know, just that you'll have an easier time ranking him. All right. Those are two really good picks there. Um, This quarterback class, man, it's, uh, you know, one of them probably uh, I don't want to say probably one of them should pop a little bit. It's um, Jeff, who do you think is going to be the first one to actually take a snap this year? And which one do you think, you know, you have to take into account draft capital, right? but which one of them has a chance to actually be a starter in a Davis Mills sort of way? So uh, first one to take a snap, I'm going to put my money on uh, Desmond Ritter for Atlanta, just because I think Arthur Smith's creative and I can actually see an instance where Mariota and Ritter could be on the field at the same time. Mm. Um, So the guy that has the highest ceiling for me is Malik Willis in Tennessee. Um, You know, he's competing against Ryan Tannehill, who's, you know, he's an average quarterback, but, you know, he's making a lot of money and Willis has that rushing upside. And I know Kenny Pickett uses his legs. I relate him more to like a, a quarterback who can run, not a running quarterback. Not like so, a proactive runner, more of like a tactical, correct. situational get, scram. I got you. Yeah, correct. Yeah. I see Malik Willis as that kind of like poor man's Lamar Jackson type where he can get you a, a steady floor if he does come in and start of, you know, 15, 20 points and then have those spike weeks mixed in as well. Um, but, you know, if I had to guess which one's going to take the first snap, I, I'm actually going to probably put my money on Malik Willis uh, for the first, first snap, not the first snap, excuse me, oh. uh, the first start. First, first start. start. I put on Malik Willis. Um, if we're counting injury, 
I'd probably go Desmond Ritter just because Mariota hasn't really right. been proven to be able fragile to stay throughout his course of his career. But all things considered, even I'm going to take Malik Willis just because I can see an instance where Tannehill massively disappoints, um, you know, towards the beginning of the season. And then the Titans maybe want to see what they got going forward. On the quarterback so you, do you think that's fully dependent on them not being a playoff contender then, that if Tennessee struggles? No, I don't. I, I can actually see an instance where, you know, if they're four and four, five and three, um, but Tannehill is just massively underperforming, that they could make that switch. Yeah. But you made an amazing point about the salaries. Um, see, in Dynasty Owner, you're paying attention to all the salaries. And so we know, like, all right, here's what Tennessee's cap situation is and where they're going to try to um, improve their team. And we know that rookie salary is really cheap and Tannehill is probably the most expensive quarterback in the way. You know, Matt Ryan's moved on to the Colts. Mariota's not costing too much this year. No, he's like an eight or $12 million you know, yeah, and, player. And I think of like Kenny Pickett and the Pittsburgh situation uh, in the grand scheme of things, Rudolph and Trubisky aren't that expensive, uh, you know, and even in, um, the situation in Carolina for like Matt Coral, Baker and Sam Darnold are both under that 50 year option of 18 million. And they're going to probably be free agents next year, you know, unless Baker really does well this year. But so, you know, Matt Coral could be something for next year. I think you were thinking about that, Jeff, in a discussion we had, right? Don't you like Matt Coral going on well, next year? I do just because Darnold and Baker Mayfield are on their last they're, they're in both in their fifth year option years and they don't have anything guaranteed. Yeah. Right. And at the, the pro the only issue with Carolina is if they are bad, right. And either one, they could get a third round quarterback can get drafted over by a top, you know, three or four quarterback, but Yes, you know, Matt, it's, it was a little disturbing that the Panthers didn't give him much action, Matt Corral, um, in the preseason, but it's only one game. We should see him yeah. here. I just checked Ryan Tannehill's contract. The only thing that's – I guess it's not too prohibitive. Next year, if Tennessee were to walk away, it's an $18 million dead cap hit. That's not too bad if you have – but also, if there's no, nothing that says they have to get rid of him. If Malik Willis no. comes in and shows that he is the more dynamic playmaker that could help this team, he's on – I mean, making hundreds of thousands of dollars, not even a million bucks. You don't think about quarterback, your starter versus your backup. You think about your quarterback salary. So, yeah. uh, and Malik Willis, I mean, you know, people said that they didn't think that he looked good. I thought he looked amazing for fantasy football with the running, the sidearm throws. It was, <laughs> it was unbelievable here. Uh, guys, before we go on, I just want to um, take a quick break here just to uh, shout out our friends at Fantrax. And if there's something you wish your fantasy league had features that are missing from your current league, bonus scoring, custom schedules, look no further. Uh, our friends at Fantrax, Fantrax is the most customizable platform in the industry. Uh, join MLB all-star Jock Peterson, who recently announced he's moving his team to Fantrax. Fantrax is excited to announce the game day giveaway where they're going to fly you to a game and give you $6,000 towards uh, expenses of that game. There's a reason why fantasy players, Redraft players make a permanent home uh, for fantasy leagues at Fantrax. Fantrax.com slash Rotowire. Sign up today. Hey, if you won that contest, guys, what stadium would you want to go to? Uh, and if you got all expense paid, so you could pick any game, any stadium, any city, and you get fly, uh, flown over there first class. What would it be, Tim? Uh, MLB, NFL, anything? Uh, football. It's got to be NFL. 
It's got to be NFL. Which stadium? Which game? Are, and and by the way, while he's thinking it through, Jeff, if you have a, I see you have a, qu- a snap answer. Go ahead, spit it out, baby. U.S. Bank Stadium, NFC Championship game, Minnesota Vikings at home. <laughs> all, all I gotta say. Uh, <laughs> nice, nice. Okay. You know, that, I I like. The, I, I'm really interested in the new Raiders Stadium. It looks. Really that was amazing, my pick. That black hole. Yeah. Yeah. I would we, be like, I want to go to the black hole. Yeah, and um, it's also inside. I heard they have like a crazy like nightclub in there. I mean, ma- I mean, maybe our nightclub days are past us a little bit here, but it still would be fun, right? You know, it's like, yeah. you know, they, it's so interesting, very cool. All right, we had a couple of questions I thought wanted to be. In, um, yeah. So right here it says, Tim and Jeff, is there a site that you guys use or provide for future? Uh, it says for 2023 and 24 future year QB wide receivers and running backs. So basically, it's how are you guys? What's your your tools that you're using to evaluate futures? Uh, you know, in the Debbie sense, we create some of our own content. First of all, we have. And how do they find that? We have a team of writers that do some research. One of them um, works for Dynasty Dynasty Rewind, which is a podcast and site out there. And they really get into um, Debbie, but also heavy into the rookies and watch film. And so Nate watches a lot of film. Um, and then he also writes for us too. So uh, especially helping you with getting ready for your rookie drafts and stuff. And so, yeah, they're already starting to to talk about, you know, 2023. I don't know about 2024 yet. There yeah. might be some other People stuff are getting out there. A little, but, yeah. You, you yeah. Should, how, where do you go to scout middle school kids? I, was kidding. It's a, <laughs> I mean, that's where this is going, right? I mean, uh, it's, uh, it's, we always make a joke, you know, cause right now, if you play dynasty, you used to be like one of the cool fantasy football kids. Now you're just, you know, Oh my God, you got to play Debbie in order to be a hipster now. So, uh, uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, I want to get back to some dynasty uh, strategy sure. and dynasty questions for you. Yeah. Um, wh- uh, let me ask you this, Jeff. What happens with a player like Antonio Gibson, who's just started the draft season as, you know, as, you know, potential like redraft value of like a second rounder. And it's just like you threw it. It's like throwing a brick off the Empire State Building. It's like the value has just gone down, 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 down. What do you do with a player like that if he's on your roster? Do you try to just sell before it drops even further or do you wait till he has a good game? How do you handle a player like that in Dynasty owner format? Really, really tough to sell him in any format right now just because what are you selling? There's no there's no advantageous selling point there for him right now. Um you know, you have Brian Robinson who has a clear window opening for him to claim that first, second down, goal line, short line back um, duties. And the Antonio Gibson experiment might not work. You know, he was a converted wide receiver out of Memphis. However, for Dynasty owner, the risk is very minimal too because he's only 1.2 million. You can stash yeah. him on your practice squad. You can wait until his value pops back up. Um, you know, if you have to cut him, it's very minimal. Um if you cut a player and dynasty owner, you have to pay 25% of their remaining salary. So when you say total- pay it, I just want to interrupt you. When you say pay it, does that mean you just lose it off your cap or do you actually have to pay additional funds into a pool? So you start off with dynasty dollars, uh, $10 million, 10 million dynasty dollars for any startup league. Um, and so the dynasty dollars is the currency we use basically to claim free agents if you have to take a hit for dropping a player yep. so that penalty I spoke about that 25% of the remaining contract that would come out of your dynasty dollar currency yep. that you have, you could have $1 million in dynasty dollars or you could purchase them and have 50 million. I know if you win your league, you get a hundred million. So, um, you know, it's basically will provide 
you know, that's that's good for me for like two weeks. Yeah. And also high scorer in your league in each individual league gets uh two million dynasty dollars per week. So and yeah. and then what do you do with those dynasty dollars, guys? Like what are they could they convert it into what? So you can bid. I'm sorry, Tim. Did you want to feel you can one? trade them? First of all, yeah. so mm-hmm. if you want to uh, go buy a draft pick from Jeff, you can do that. Oh, so you can uh, – I got you. You okay. can purchase an amnesty provision with them. And What's that? What's an amnesty so provision? An amnesty provision is something that we took from the NBA. We actually – and it's one of our patents. We have four patents uh, using salaries in fantasy sports, actual NFL player – or actual player salaries for any sport. And you so, give so an amnesty – so, so we give yeah, we give everyone an amnesty right? and you can buy an extra right and so uh it's something similar to the nba that i can get out of a contract so say you ended up taking you know pat mahomes at his 45 million per year and you have him for the next nine years uh year four year five you're just like man i'm just way too handicapped with the salary the production's not there anymore he's 15th best quarterback i don't think that'll be the case he's amazing but i'm just saying it gives you the opportunity to say, you know what? I can't trade them. Nobody's tra- nobody wants to trade them. The cost uh, to get rid of them is too much. Here you go. This is a, a cheap way to get out. Uh, use your amnesty provision or if you purchase one and get out of that contract. Yeah. And it's basically get out of uh, get out of jail free card. Yeah. Like the old monopoly so, adage. Yeah. All right. I got to ask you guys about a couple more uh, players. Um, it's, it's in game field yeah, of Dynasty Owner. Uh, Jeff, how do you. It, how are the quarterbacks valued in single quarterback leagues? Traditionally, I mean, in Superflex, you, you can't give enough. There's no even. There's not a price that you can that I would trade Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen for. I mean, obviously there is, but you'd have to come with something that's so not worth it. So, how do single quarterbacks get moved around the board in dynasty owner format? Single quarterback leagues. So, dynasty owner format. My personal. I'm, I'm about to give away one of my secrets here, and I hate it. But well, that's what happens when you do content. <laughs> That's you, it. You, yeah, you surrender. Oh, yeah, you surrender the edge a little bit, but so, we appreciate it. We appreciate no it. No problem. I, I like to have three starting quarterbacks on my roster. Starting quarterbacks, not like Malik Willis that has potential to become one, but actually three set starters right now, two studs, and one kind of placeholder. One like uh, Daniel David, Jones type of guy. David Mills, Daniel Jones yeah. type, exactly. Um, so I have a formula, a recipe for formula that won me the chase for the ring last year. And hey, you know, I'm going to stick with what works. So like last year, I had Justin Herbert and Tom Brady as my two studs. And then I had, I believe, well, I actually traded for Lamar Jackson, too. So I actually had three studs on that team. But most teams I have will have like Herbert, Brady, Davis Mills or a Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Daniel Jones, something like that, where I have that practice squad starter just in case for bye weeks. I don't have to go out and make a trade or make an obnoxious waiver claim for a bye week um, or if there's an injury that occurs. I have now three guys that I can plug and play, one on my starters. And, you know, differentiating between your starters and your bench, since your bench counts too, you really just play the matchup there. It's going to be very hard to bench Josh Allen in any matchup. But, you know, if you have Allen and Brady, you know, you might have to make a decision there. And I think you're right with that. And I saw one of the comments come in, quarterback hoarding. Yes, that's what Jeff does. He quarterback hoards. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and then it was it called and you talk about super flex i'm the quarterback quarter as well but in this format it does make sense to stack your your well, stars six points per touchdown right and because of the you know high cost of salaries that's why we have points you know high cost for quarterback salaries so yeah you gotta hoard them and All another right. uh, just to just to kind of end on the on that note the 
Another thing that Dynasty Owner allows you to do with the 30-man roster, you can roster maybe five, six quarterbacks and still have a very balanced roster. So another method that I like to do is have high upside backups that are making less than a million dollars. So for instance, Gardner Minshew, Mm. I believe his salary in Dynasty Owner is $675,000. It's like less than 1% of your cap. And if Jalen Hurts went down, he can yeah. be a top 12, top 15 quarterback. Tyler yeah. with Baltimore last year when Lamar Jackson, That's went down, a good one. he right was there. putting up some really good numbers and his salary is only $800,000. So if you can have, if you have the roster room, guys like that, um, this year it would be Case Keenum, I believe is the backup to Josh Allen right now. Yep. So that would be another one. His salary is a little bit more expensive, but. You know, it's funny you say that I've been rostering case in my Josh Allen leagues too. I mean, nobody wants him. He's, he's out there on, on the waiver wire because roster spots are so valuable, but should, you know, the unthinkable happen, you're going to be happy that you have even a, you know, a, a replacement level quarterback in a great offense. So that's a really good call right there. And you, um, and you know, you're, you know, you're talking about dynasty when you're mentioning case Keenum and Tyler Huntley on your podcast. Right? <laughs> Tyler Huntley got you that's through true. some lean times last year. You know, you were starting him in single quarterback and I mean, he was, he was a star. Uh, I just got a, a couple, one or two more questions for each of you and then we'll uh, we'll wrap here this has been great uh yeah I'm t- yeah uh i'm sure everyone is interested in the game in dynasty or i want you to go over right now if you want to check it out you can go over to the site for free and just t- give it a look over when you're done listening to this video stream or podcast yeah. go to dynastyowner.com take a look around they have a 90 a second explainer video which i think really does a great job of just telling you everything you need to know and then you can get into the details use promo code august and you'll get the ten dollars back and what was the other some of the other little sweeteners for use promo code August? Yeah, so use uh, use co- promo code August. You'll get ten dollars off. We give you bonus dynasty dollars as well, and um, you share your affiliate link with a friend. Yeah. There you go. And uh, you'll get ten dollars. Uh, they can use that promo code August as well to get ten dollars off. And the thing is, we make it really easy. Um, you can, you pick the league by the day that, uh, that the time and day it's going to draft. We have drafts going through September 10th. So you can go in there and find a draft day and time that works for you. As soon as you get in the league, you can invite your friend to come in and join that specific league if you want, um, or friends. And of course, if you want a whole private league, special day and time that you don't see on the board, just email us commission dynasty owner dot com will help uh, facilitate and just be your concierge for that but you know so to the point alan like you might be thinking i want to play i don't have 11 other friends it's really easy we match you up with players from around the world and you end up making friends we end up making friends with people uh from all over the world that are just as diehard as 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 all of us dynasty players are more open to stranger danger i don't i think like the redraft like (laughs) hey let's do an office league with with bob from accounting like you know that's for redraft players we understand but dynasty players want to play with challenging and and just other passionate players and here's the thing on why the comfort the stranger danger part you'll see that uh, there's conflicts that happen even in uh, leagues where you know each other. Remember the whole Tommy Fam situation yeah, in the summer, and he said Mike Trout. He like, who did he punch again? Um, it was a uh, <laughs> what? The, we we just uh, we, did, we just had Peterson. Jock Peterson, right? We just talked yeah, about it in the fan track. Right? That's right. He punched <laughs> Jock Peterson, and he said Mike Trout was the worst commissioner ever. Well, Dynasty <laughs> owner, we have a team of commissioners that uh, commission all the leagues. Right. And that does not play in the league with you. The there's an absolute authority play with you. So there's an absolute authority. We have a full page. I mean, 17 page constitution that everyone abides by. Every league plays under the same rules, the same scoring, the same settings. 
makes it really simple so that guess what you can just focus on your team and making your team better and should you ever need us in the mobile app or in the desktop you click contact commission you can live chat with us that's that's a really great explanation of what it is and i wanted to ask jeff you talked about like that you're that you like to trade right um what do you think is the best way to get a trade done structurally? I mean, you know, I mean, so many people just offer you uh, three garbage bench pieces for your stud, and we know that doesn't get it done, right? I mean, it, what's the best way to at least get your trade partner to at least send you a counter and get a – what's your techniques for engaging a trade partner? So first, understatement of the year, Alan, thank you, um, that I like to trade. <laughs> he loves so, it. <laughs> So first of all, what I'll do is I'll take a look at what, you know, what do I need? You know, look at my roster, kind of look where, where I'm deficient. Then I kind of look around other teams' rosters and say, not just, I'm not looking at it from just my standpoint, because you have, in my opinion, you have to get, give value to get value. So if you I, have I to win the trade every time, right? You, you understand, right, yeah, right. Absolutely. And sometimes I'll even overpay purposely and admittedly for a player that I really, really believe in that I really, really want. And if it takes me overpaying to get them, so be it. Let's do it. Do you start? So, Go ahead, a lot Jeff. of times what I'll do is I'll, I'll look at other teams rosters and I'll see what they need and how do, how do, do I have a surplus? If they need a quarterback, do I have five on my roster? If they need a starting running back that week, do I have three or four on my practice squad that aren't on my starters or my bench that I could offer them? So not just helping them out, but also getting my value in return as well. So I really think that that's like the opening steps. The people who um, really just want that look at it from just their standpoint, like give me all your good players and I'll give you JD McKissick kind of right. thing. Um, you know, it, it's you really not you traded me JD McKissick by the way. I, well, who's a good well, player by the way? I resent that you called no, no, him. No, no, you just traded me. Don't, don't ask yeah, me why that was the first name out of my head. But. I just want to under. I just want to under. I just want to underline something Jeff just said is that thoughtful trading, looking at the other person's roster, just in basic sales. You don't. You don't want to say like, "Hey, That's this right. is what I could." You know, what could I do for you? Is the question right? Where do I have surplus that could help you? I remember getting a trade offer for like Rob, someone offered me Robert Tunyon, uh, even. It, it, like coming off that good year and I had Travis Kelsey, I had Darren Waller. I mean, I was loaded. I was like, why are you offering me this stuff? So I think that is the key right there. Start by looking at their roster, not necessarily and see who you match up with. Yes, it does take a little more work to do that. Go ahead, Tim. Are, you want to add on guys, to that? Yeah. Are you guys um, fans of doing blind trade offers? Meaning? First, like making a soliciting a bunch of blind trade offers? Because I know that some people love it. Uh, it's good to be in an active league. And then I know some people get annoyed by like ridiculous blind trade offers. And I'm not, my strategy is, uh, first of all, when we back in the show, we talked about identifying those three, four people that are always wanting to rebuild, make them their best friends, communicate with them, chat with them about things other than, uh, especially even in, in a league where you're, you're getting to know some people. Um, Chat with them about things other than trying to make a trade. Communicate with them. Actually be a friend, right? And then I like to ask them how they value players. Um, and what would you, you know, what are you looking to do with your team? And so, and see if I can help them. And sometimes it's going and trading for a player on another team and then trading it to them. And so you're really like making yourself the go-to guy. 
to trade with. Right. Be friends and with so everybody. I you're like friends that. with everybody. And um, I like to do that before then I start sending blind train offers. But at least then they know, like, kind of like I'm on the page. Like, I know they like players. And then I start sending them some trade offers. And we just facilitate the discussion right. from there. And then it's just like they it's building trust. I think that's kind of the situation. too. That's it right there. You don't want to be the guy that calls out the bad trades in the chat and the, the a-hole, right? Because you, yeah. you, even though you know it was a horrible trade, like I saw today Cooper Cup traded in the Dynasty League for something that just wasn't right. It was like Cortland Sutton in like a oh. second round. It was like – but and everyone was calling the guy a moron idiot. And I, and I, I did what, uh, what Tim just said. I said, listen, you know uh, – you know, next time you have an offer, like talk to me. I said, you know, I'm happy. I said, oh yeah, good trade, man, good trade. But but I was like, yeah, maybe a little it, by next year, it'll it'll balance out a little bit. And he's like, Which, think, by the way, people value right there. And yeah. I think there's nothing wrong with people valuing things different. For example, I longtime Dynasty League. Uh, I'm in Cleveland, and I played with several other people who were Browns fans, and I drafted Baker Mayfield in a rookie draft on purpose. And it didn't take me long. I think it was in year two. So he had that pretty solid rookie year. That was good. He was optimistic that year. In year two, I traded him for the 1-1. And I also... Single quarterback league? Single quarterback league. I traded him for a 1-1. And I got uh, Alvin Kamara, which was insane. Jeff, we need to get in that league. (laughs) <laughs> we need saying. to get we need to get into that league yeah but by the way but the guy could defend himself and i think that's okay like if you're in a league that's active there's no collusion going on right. or, or anything of that nature and it's like hey i just think he thought baker mayfield was going to be peyton manning that yeah. was it i'm sorry I, well sorry he's not but so one one a rule that we put into my home dynasty league that uh, protects against this kind of stuff is not because we don't do trade vetoes. I think any dynasty purist would yeah. say, listen, there's no trade vetoes unless it's like unless there's something like Pat Mahomes went for J.D. McKissick. Then we might have to talk, uh, you know, yes. trade, but yeah. but what we do is we give all uh, so a trade goes up on the board. Let's just use Cooper Cup, like we said, for Cortland Sutton in a second round pick. Everyone else has 24 hours to match the trade. Right. The two owners that made the trade cannot change anything on their side. They can accept offers from the other uh, other uh, not, uh, 10 owners. And if they accept it, that's it. The deal's over. That's the one that goes up. So basically, we never really get anyone that comes over the top unless one of the it just protects the studs from being egregiously undervalued it's net we've never had one happen except i think one time we had like boston scott went for a fourth and then someone else paid a third like something marginal but it's not a rule that would probably work well in a format like yours because of that but it's it's a way to protect against maybe uh someone trade raping somebody. <laughs> let's just call it what it is yeah, um, that's the situation and we do have i saw in the comment we do have something for lopsided trades yeah absolutely we're all right we we okay. charge you dynasty dollars if you want to vote no because we mm-hmm. hate that like just people mm-hmm. just voting no so you but can it, vote against a, a tra- you I can got but it's going right. to cost you it's going to cost you dynasty dollars if you just want to be the guy that votes no on every trade but it does not cost anything to report collusion if you have real evidence that there's collusion like and we let everything go through unless it was collusive or like way lopsided pat mahomes for gardner Minshew. i'm we're gonna say listen this is a little pump the brakes here you know right. situation i mean but the, but, how many dynasty, but the thing it well not many but the thing in dynasty owner is uh because of salaries you might not be able to keep a guy 
you might have to try to get 50 cents on the dollar in March um, because that's better than just cutting a guy when his contract expires. Same thing real you know? NFL teams try to do. Like what's the going on with thing. Jimmy Garoppolo right now, right? Yeah. So sometimes you, would, it would, you wouldn't be surprised, Alan, if Jimmy Garoppolo got traded tomorrow for a six-round pick. I, yeah, you'd be I like, would, uh, and you'd be like, his value is way more than that. If he was in the draft right now, he's going to get drafted in the second round or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, um, which wouldn't be far off because Brandon Whedon uh, was a first round pick and he was <laughs> about that age. But <laughs> for my Browns. Right. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's realistic. Those kind of trades. So there are pro- there are protections in there. Hey, guys, you know, this yeah. this was unbelievable i think everyone watching right now is going to go over to dynasty owner hey, uh yep. jeff tell everyone where they should follow you i'm going to follow you on twitter i think that this was um you, you know you're a smart dynasty player you, you don't mind interacting giving and talking dynasty with people uh, so so tell everyone where they can find you on social so on twitter uh my handle is at jeff racklin j-e-f-f-r-a-c-h-l-i-n and it'll also be linked in the video description below and underscore ff Jeff okay. Rackman underscore FF. That's All right. Uh, uh, Tim, tell everyone to add, at Dynasty Owner on Twitter. Everyone should go to DynastyOwner.com. Anybody right. else they want to tell everyone to, uh, to go check out? That's it. You can go check out our content as well if you go to DynastyOwner.com, the podcast. Um, we, we do our own content. Like if you want to be educated a little bit more, and we do it for those two reasons, um, to uh, educate people and then understand some of the contract values. And we have two podcasts. We have um dynasty owner podcast but then we have the dynasty champions podcast that you can go find you know whether it's apple google spotify jeff happens to be on the dynasty champions podcast so yeah all right guys the more dynasty content that i can consume the better so i've just added some to my appointment listening all right everybody we'll be back next week uh we're gonna have a, a surprise guest on the friday podcast gonna be more dynasty talk a little bit of redraft some best ball but we're getting you ready the good season's stuff. almost here everybody all right thanks for joining us and good luck in your dynasty It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com